I've always wanted to learn to play music. In fact, I do play a guitar, but only for myself because I've never had anyone certified me as a guitarist. That's how my world's been. Unless I'm certified by someone else in some faraway offices, I can't feel like I'm the one who does it or should do it. If that sounds like something you felt, you may love hearing from today's guest. It's a bit of a longer pod, but I think you'll love getting to know and play with her. So this is Playfully, and I'm Emily Cordy-Stroff. My guest today is a player who almost needs no introduction. She has been a musical arts teacher, rocker, and player from St. Louis, who, if you're a kid, has taught almost all your friends. (laughs) I think she's taught all the Gen Z kids I know and, and around the city. She is a part of maybe four to five bands, and she's had a really playful way of being and has tons of connections that I know. Everyone that I talked to, that I told that I was interviewing her, uh, just kind of beams when I mention her name. This is Celia. Welcome to the pod. Um, Thanks, Emily. Now I'm beaming from your introduction. Thank you. Good, yeah, me too. (laughs) Celia, do you go by a last name? Generally, I just use my first name, you know, like, Madonna or Prince. <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> oh, I also like to go by my Facebook alias Shack Attack. I think that's actually more memorable last name if I'm using a last name. Yeah, that's the only way I know you as Celia Shack Attack. <laughs> yeah, love that. Would you say that you're a playful person? Yeah, for sure. I think it's I think I think it's my guiding uh, principle in life you know what I mean like I feel like everything I do I try to play yeah I love that that's that's what I'm trying to figure out for myself that's I'm doing this so that's why I decided to have all these playful people on so that I can well learn more how to be playful so Mm -hmm. I appreciate your expertise here (laughs) is there someone in your past that you learned to play from or who you think of when you think of um, playing as a child? For sure. I mean, the, the first person that comes to my mind is my mom. Um, my mom was a, was a kindergarten teacher for her whole career. So I grew up with kindergarten teacher. And to this day, when I'm with my mom and we're hanging out, those are our best times is when we play together. Um, she loves to make greeting cards and she does all kinds of crafts and she likes to make like food projects that are, you know, I don't know how else to put it except for like decorative food projects. You know, her, her food ideas are almost always about what it looks like. She's, she, you know, it'll be like a cat in a hat cat or something, uh-huh. you know, or a cat in a hat cake or something. So um, she loves to play. And my dad was also an educator. He was uh he was the school librarian and he was also an actor. He acted in our town's um, summer summer theater group and uh, he had quite a reputation for being the silly, funny, playful man as well. So mm. those are my people. Wow. So there was some physical art 
physical comedy maybe in totally in he always got the part my dad wore a, a big handlebar mustache that he'd twist out and a van dyke goatee and he was kind of a short man with a pot belly and he always got the kind of funny character roles in these in these melodramas you know like dr hugo belch or whoever the you know the character that's just for laughs yeah that was always my dad's role yeah yeah well, and he did all the, when he'd read the books to us in library he did all the voices he had a reputation for being pretty gruff with the kids so they were a little scared of him but when he read the stories he'd do all the voices and everybody loved that oh oh that's good that's good what i mean that's such a twist for a librarian you always think of being kind of uh a little more stoic you know a little bookish you know where did you grow up i grew up in a little town called oakley kansas it's out uh about 76 miles from the colorado border uh, on it's right off i-70 so you may have passed the place there's there's big signs out there or there used to be for the world's largest prairie dog five-legged cow you know live rattlesnakes there's these big signs for uh one old tourist trap that was right off the exit that left oh, to my yeah. hometown. Wow. So yeah. I'm from this vast, windy plains. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm from Pocahontas, Illinois. Uh-huh. I, I grew up on a farm. Yeah. So I'm familiar. I always think of Illinois as kind of like Kansas's evil twin. Yeah. But maybe since you're from Illinois, you think of Kansas, the Illinois evil twin. I don't know. Yeah, something about large spanses of um, prairie and, uh, you know, tornado alleys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. You've got this way of making songs that are musical and playful. And like Alligator in the Elevator and The Cat Came Back. And I don't even know all your songs, but do you just have these rhymes kind of just kicking around in your head? What's your well, process? Most, <laughs> thank you for asking. Most of those, most of those songs aren't my songs. Some of them are, and some of them are songs I have written with kids. But a lot of those songs I learned from kids, or they were kids' suggestions to me. Alligator and Elevator, for sure. I learned that whole song from a kid. He sang me the whole thing, and I thought, oh, that's a perfect song. And I know, I know it's. I can't even remember the songwriter's name, but. It's not a, it's not an old song. A lot of my songs are old songs. I can't came back, you know, uh, that song's from, uh, I read that the first time that song was published was 1896. Oh, wow. And people, you know, it's just kind of oral history. People add verses as time goes on. So, uh, but, but Alligator and Elevator is just a song that I learned from a kid. And a lot of my songs, if, if a kid has a suggestion and they sing it to me and they know it all the way through, that really tells me something about how that song connects you know yeah right I, mean, I, I think the kid that taught me alligator and elevator was about four years old no way yeah for sure wow yeah yeah that's really young to learn a whole song <laughs> yeah and um i have some songs i've co-written with kids which are really great songs and very playful songs and they really connect with kids i sing a song called i love myself um, I always end my show with that song. And that was written by a kid when he was six years old. And mm -hmm. I I used to work at this camp in Tower Grove Park 
it was called SCOSAG then, it's now ArtScope, but um, we would do a activity where one of the rotations was the kids would come around and sit with me and write songs. And just the their creativity and and freeness with writing, you know, like total lack of self-consciousness and yeah, you know, it's just such a, um, it's just, it's like such a lesson about how to, you know, go for it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that much, you know? So, and sometimes those thoughts, you know, sometimes there'd be a little ditty that kind of sticks around or maybe it disappears forever, but that, that one in particular and a couple more that I can think of really, you know, they just, they were hits, instant hits. The monster song. Um, oh, monsters are people too. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah. Well, I co-wrote that song with my collaborator Jeannie Bryan. Um, Jeannie's a puppeteer. Jeannie actually died last summer, and uh, oh. I miss her so much. She was a wonderful creative partner and a business partner to me for a long time. And losing her has been a really big. Um, you know, really, it's made a huge impact in my life and I miss her all the time. But I'm glad you mentioned that song because Jeannie and I wrote uh, several really silly songs together. And Jeannie, Jeannie was one of the most playful adults, you know, that I ever met. Mm -hmm. And her puppets, those puppet characters, I could relate to them like, you know, you know, people. Like, I miss those characters so much because... When Jeannie was puppeteering, it was the character. I mean, it was, you know, it was little Celia or it was Charles or it was Lucinda. It was whoever, yeah. it was whoever she was operating that was, she really had a way of embodying those characters. Or maybe those characters had a way of embodying her, or I don't know, whatever it was. Her skill with play mm. uh, is inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen those characters. Uh, I think they're on your website. Are they on your website? Is that how I saw them? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, they are really. They're all over my YouTube channel. On I'm your sorry. YouTube. They're all over yeah. my YouTube channel. Yeah, I think that's where I saw them. And, um, you know, I do do um, a fair bit of kind of um, stalking my guests a little bit. So I go to the YouTube and stuff like that. But um, that one I had seen before that so yeah you and Jeannie collaborated that that's amazing oh I'm so sorry that you lost her that thank you I'm too um yeah I was going to ask you about um you know how do you know children so well uh, but it sounds to me like you really listen to them which is it, it's just so rare for an adult to listen to children in a way that helps them create and builds on them, you know? So, well, they're, it, they're really missing out. Those adults that aren't listening because kids just, they're just so fresh, you know? Mm. And I like to tell people that I've been entertaining children since I was a child. It was <laughs> always kind of my job to corral the kids when I was a kid. And I just, I just kind of feel like it's still, it's still me in there. You know what I mean? Like I like I used to be a kid. I remember, you know, I remember a lot of that stuff. I remember how it feels, you know. Mm. So did you get a lot of um, encouragement and 
um, you know, attention whenever you would entertain the other, your peers? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Whether it was, you know, being asked to babysit and getting paid to entertain children or just, you, you know, my art, you know, teachers would call upon me to help with younger kids or, you know, it was always something that I just gravitated toward. And yeah, I got a lot of positive reinforcement for that, a lot of encouragement. Like, I mean, not to mention, I made a whole bunch of friends who were kids, mm. who are some of the most fun friends to have, you know? It's true. Yeah, I think so too. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist, mm-hmm. which is um, kind of a, can be kind of a serious job. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the part that I love about it is that I get to play mm-hmm. and I get to teach. I mean, because parents we don't, we're not really the play in type sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and There's a lot going on. <laughs> a few things, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think of this podcast as being for parents and I think of, you know, anybody who wants to connect to other people a little more deeply, mm-hmm. because I think that play is the way that we get to, um, get to know each other a little more you know, I mean, mm-hmm. when we're working with each other and, you know, maybe we're cooking or things like that. I mean, that's okay, but it's just, it's not really play where we get to really like stretch our minds together. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think uh, about that whole connection? I was going to ask about how it connects to each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I I agree with you. I think it's all about sort of getting in that headspace where you know you're not thinking about time or what's good what's supposed to happen next or what the objective is or you know where it's really like a free a free space to be creative in in whatever way whether it's being creative about the things you say or maybe it is the things you do you know sometimes sometimes when we're doing something productive with somebody else like cooking or whatever it it becomes play you know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like a headspace more than a, more than an activity. It's sort of like a place where you, it, it's kind of like unattached learning, you know, where you can make all kinds of connections, but they don't necessarily have to amount to, amount to anything or, mm. you know, you're not accomplishing a goal. You're just playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that sort of the sort of more of a mindset kind of thing. I mean, whatever you're doing, if you have the mindset that's like free and open Mm -hmm. for someone else to layer their mind to, Mm -hmm. it's a little more uh, of a a playful, you can let your play kind of um, just evolve rather than going in a straight line kind of up, up a hill, you know, or something. Or it generates its own outcomes, you know, it doesn't, it's not, you know, it's not directed or, I mean, it can be directed and sometimes direction helps, but we're still looking for, we're looking for like an other, you know, for something new. Yeah, I love that generating its own outcomes. I love that very much Um, because I think, um, you know, there's, there's just so much, um, of our lives are already kind of like set in stone and mapped out, even for a kid, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, especially for a kid, <laughs> they're, they're just already so programmed and 
there's not that free kind of free thinking space and almost to the point where like we don't know what to do whenever we have that free space um Mm -hmm. do you ever have that feeling where you don't know what to do if you have that if you have like a free moment especially now that you're kind of busy yeah for sure I mean you know it's really tempting to I mean whatever this is what everybody says right where it's so tempting to sort of zone out to scroll the feed to play a like game to look at your phone computers are really a and the internet it's like a zone where you you, it feels like you're going to play you know what I mean it's like it's like tempting like play is tempting but it's sort of it's all you you just use the word programmed about kids but that's kind of the deal is it's not it's not that creative you know so so the you know having a handheld phone on me all the time is it's hard it, it, it actually takes a little bit of discipline right to actually let your mind go to to try to be in the moment yes. you know it takes some focus as you as you as we get older it takes some focus to try to actually relax yeah you touched on this earlier about the inhibition you know that uh adults um kind of acquire you know and that that kids don't seem to have and and that's sort of a theme that I've been noticing throughout you know as I do these interviews and stuff about you know there is a way that we start to get inhibited and um, maybe start to make judgments about our playfulness about our and really it's about our minds right like are we thinking correctly? Is there a correct way? You know, there's definitely a correct way to think and stuff. And um, I'm just wondering if that, um, did that ever happen to you? Does that ever, and do you know when that happened? Like if it did uh, Well, I do remember getting to be about, you know, before I went into junior high, before I got into seventh grade, I remember being really afraid of you know, I really wanted to like fit in or I don't even know what I was worried about because I was accepted among my peers. I had had tons of good friends. I'd never had any trouble getting along. And, um, but for some reason, you know, just coming into that age, I think it brought a lot of self-doubt and self-consciousness that I'd not, you know, that I'd not really encountered before. It was just and I know that. I mean, I know that about kids. You know, I spend a lot of time with tweens. That's kind of the age group that mm-hmm. comes to me a lot for for guitar lessons. They'll be ten or eleven or twelve year olds, and um, and I and I see it. You know, they're. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's the way they're changing, or if it's just kind of a growing awareness of of themselves in the world. You, you know, but. Mm-hmm you know, you just kind of grow self-conscious in a way. Yeah. That, you know, I, I actually, I feel like I can remember when I wasn't self-conscious. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, I mean, it's like a vast landscape. I don't even know what, the, I don't even know what I had the time to think about because I wasn't thinking about myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was endless, the, the, the time and space I had to think. And to imagine, because I wasn't worrying about, do I look okay? Am I acting right? Am I, do I seem, do I seem like normal? 
or whatever, you know, whatever those questions are you ask yourself. Right, right. Yeah, um, I think there's a way, it's probably a very normal developmental um, process. Uh, I feel like I've read some papers on this or something, you know, along my life, right. but like, you know, this self-awareness, which is um, almost necessary for human um, social uh, advancement, I guess, or social, you know, community involvement, right? You have to know- who you are and what you bring to the table and that you have an effect and, you know, what that effect could be and, you know, try out a few things. Then I think there's a, there's a second sort of evolution of that that happens in adult life, you know, where you kind of go, wait a minute, I don't, I don't have to care this much, you know, or something. Do you think that's something did that happen to you? Has that happened for you yet? I don't know. Um, or did you need that to happen? It's happening, it's happening okay. to me. And I've heard, you know, I've heard my whole life that this happens as you get older. And I feel like I'm finally, I'm finally reaching an age where I can safely claim not to be young anymore. And uh, yeah, I really like the freedom that that comes with it you know even even if even even in my mind you know I just feel like you know and you gain you gain other things in your adult life that contribute to feeling less self-conscious right like I've gained a lot of confidence I've gained a lot of skills I've had a lot of experiences that were positive because I was you know because I relied on myself and my skills to to get through these things and I've had a lot of success you know just just personally or uh feeling like i'm that i do that i'm doing fine that i'm doing that like that i that i'm a contributing whatever member of society or whatever it is like however i measure that and so as i get older i just have the confidence that comes with you know having having had these interactions and they've worked out so yeah. As I build, as I build my experiences and I, I build my confidence and that makes me feel less, less self-conscious, less, uh, I guess, less critical of, of myself is probably more because mm. I, because I feel like my self-awareness kind of continues to grow, but, but my, but being, but I'm not as critical as I, as I used to be. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's not really that you lose self-awareness necessarily. It seems like it's more about like you acquire an, an assuredness or something about your actions and your uh, participation, I guess. And yeah. Well, I don't know about anybody else, but I also feel like my self is sort of like crystallizing, you know what I mean? Like, mm. Like as I get older, I feel like it's sort of like I, I recognize myself more than I used to. I I understand that oh this is, this is part of me. This is how I do things, or this is like this is how I think, mm. you know. And I think there, as a younger person, maybe I just thought everybody thought this way, or I wasn't self aware enough to realize that those ways I thought or those feelings I was having were just part of me. They're just yeah. Maybe part of my mind and my experience. It's not like, you know, some some empirical con condition I'm living under, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, that's good. I, me too. <laughs> I feel like I'm <laughs> coming into that place too where I'm noticing 
uh, what what is the essence I think of who Emily is or something like this and how to kind of how to bring that to the table or tease that out and enjoy that kind of in a way that's um not been in the past or I haven't been able to do that in right. the past. yeah yeah like I like I feel like I can recognize it yeah like I go, oh oh yeah that's that's the me that's the me in there that's yeah. Celia yes whatever you know yeah. I get to I like get to like myself more and more as I get older too so it's like I I can appreciate it in a way that I feel like I maybe couldn't when I was younger yeah good I love that well, I mean, one of the things you said was something about like, you can appreciate uh, or you, your claim not being young anymore. And that's an interesting, yeah, that's an interesting thing of like, you know, oh, now I'm older because I'm wiser. Is that kind of what it feels like? Well, I feel like I'm older because I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. I mean, I, I turned 48 on my birthday in in September and I kind of it's my ear that's about not that's that's not that's nobody's standard of young anymore I might not be old or whatever but I'm not you know that's an impressively large number to, to me <laughs> what till you get 50 <laughs> well I mean I mean that's kind of where it's at for me right I'm thinking like well I'm pushing up against 50 pretty hard and that's that's a major you know kind of milestone uh, I guess in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, you know, I like, I like to be in this new, I like to be this new age group. I like to check the, you know, fifth box down from the bottom when I'm, you know, in the age groups or whatever. Like I kind of like getting into that. You know, like, look what I, yeah. Look what I've accomplished. Just... Yeah. Look, I got through all of those. Yeah. Right. Now I'm in the really big box. No, <laughs> they really should have big, bar bigger boxes for us. I mean, you're young to me. This is my fiftieth year. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I don't feel I don't feel old. No. I just I don't want to claim it. You know, I've been working. I've earned it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. I mean, there is a mindset that um, that I'm noticing that I, I'm starting to kind of fall into, and I'm kind of like, nope. I need to pull back. I'm I'm only as old as I feel. I don't, I don't, it's something about when 50 came for me, I kind of was like, Ugh, you know, in a way that I have never been in my, for my decade uh, anniversaries. <laughs> uh -huh. Anyway. Um, uh, is play important, Celia? I think play is the most important thing. I mean, for me, I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything more important. Yeah. I mean, maybe love, but that's you know that's sort of like that's again kind of more of a condition, right? Like you can play anytime, and you can and you can show love through play, and you can and you can love to play. You know, it just adds so much mm -hmm. to any to any situation you know and I've built my life around play you know they call it playing music because mm -hmm. I get to play and I get to use my mind in creative ways and use my body to convey you know feelings and mm -hmm. and and to me you know even just having an audience is an opportunity 
to play because I don't, I don't know, because I don't know how else to interact with an audience except to play with them, you know? Yeah. You know, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this, Emily, um, but I think it's important to uh, your podcast to mention this, that I, that I have a kind of a new job I've been working at for the last few years. I work for Circus Flora. I'm the, um, I'm, a, I'm in the Clowns on Call program. So uh, I go into Cardinal Blennon Hospital. We work in pairs and we're clowns and we're doctors. So I'm a doctor. Dr. Celia is my name. And we, and we go around to the hospital rooms and visit the children in the hospital. And it's these, and it's these opportunities for play. And it, it happens necessarily, it happens really fast. You know, we knock on a door and we see a kid and they might be in any kind of condition. Maybe they're sick or scared or uncomfortable or whatever, or bored. And we, our job is to walk in and find you know, a way to play, a way to have a little, to have an interaction. We went to a conference a few years ago where the, it was like a therapeutic clowning conference. And, um, and one of our speakers said that our job is accelerating emotional relationships. And that really spoke to me because, that, because it's so much of what we're doing. Like if the, it doesn't really matter how you connect or where you connect. The point is that you make a connection and that you, have an emotional, you know, have an emotional experience, which as we're talking about play, I feel like that's so much of what play is about is sort of being tweaked. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah. She was so good, so fun. Um, well, but- I, I, I jumped at the chance to work for the circus because I love the circus so much. And like all the years I've been going to Circus Flora and when they called me and recruited me to be a clown, you know, I was like, well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I'm really a clown. Of course, I was wrong. I am. I mean, I'm deep down inside. I have a clown inside me. But um, yeah, I love Circus Floor because I love play. You know what I mean? Because I love, and this is like super high level play. You know, when people are doing these death defying feats. <laughs> right. Again, they're devoting. They're de- they've devoted their life to this. Yeah. Well, as a mom of an aerialist, I, I know this dedication uh-huh. <laughs> uh, bristles sometimes at it, but uh, yeah, I mean, Circus Flora is so playful. And you know, like the thing about playing with an audience, there's definitely a, a, a knack and a skill to it. And you have to know your charms. You really do. I feel, um, was that ever hard for you? I feel like it really came pretty naturally to me. And like I said, my dad, I saw my dad on stage throughout my childhood and uh we he, they also it was a very you know I'm from a really tiny town and so that theater troupe was um you, you know it was all it was all adults that I knew they were my teachers and they they were people that I knew from our community and uh they would rope in anybody in the you know in the orbit to be a part of the show so from the time I was really little I was holding up those signs you know applause boo hiss and i mean talk about feedback if i held up a sign the whole audience would do exactly what the sign said Mm. you know to do and then as i got a little bit older they would they i got invited occasionally to do these oleo acts which are kind of in between acts of a melodrama you know the 
those short comedy acts or songs. And so I, and so I remember being really young and, and learning a little bit to go out and do on stage. And Like how young? Uh, I might've been about seven or eight when I did the, the one that I really, the kind of the first one that I really remember and, mm-hmm. and getting like, so getting so many laughs yeah and just being hooked you know I mean yeah but but my mom tells me when I was four I sang in front of a I did there was like a talent show at this Mm. you know outdoor education program we went to in the summertime and I insisted that I that I sing for everybody and how surprised she and my dad were that I was I volunteered and I went and I told the piano player what to play you know I don't I mean I imagine like Jesus loves me in D or whatever, but I'm sure it wasn't that, you know, confident. I love it. But I think, but I can't actually ask me, do I remember? I guess maybe I can't. I guess I can't really remember when I fell in love with performing. Mm. But I think I did know from a young age that people respond to smiles you know mm-hmm. that you can really you can really you can really connect to people just by smiling mm-hmm. and you know yeah and, you know having a generous attitude you know right right kind of letting letting people see that you have a gift um and you're just waiting to share with them um so you kind of touched on it but do you think play connects you to others Oh, 100%. That's how I feel like I move through the world. I try to play. I want to play with, I want to play with people. I mean, you said it, that it's a, you know, it's a special way to get to know people. So do you, um, are there relationships that are hard for you that you've tried to make more playful and it's not worked yeah I mean of course I've had relationships that have deteriorated in my life in different ways or you know it's funny the first thing I thought of just now was like um you know every every once in a while so you know I'm a performer and I get and I and I book different acts for different things and occasionally there'll be a situation where I have a conflict or I have to break a contract or you know there's like like things happen and it doesn't always go the way you want it to go. It's that way for everybody, right? And I just think that it's really disappointing to me when I feel like I've disappointed someone uh, because because it's like I'm trying to keep those. I'm trying to keep these relationships positive. You know what I mean? I, I really would like to. And if and and if the goal is accomplished, then I get to play for them, right? Mm-hmm. But when when that's interrupted for some reason, I mean, what I'm talking about, and I hope I'm not being too vague to be understood, but but it's but it's a it's a relationship that's not developed. It's a contact. You know what I mean? It's it's simply it's simply another person out there in the world. We don't have a relationship. We don't, you know, we're we're simply trying to make like a like a business sort of transaction. And for some reason it doesn't work out. But I mean, I tell you, sometimes when that happens, I feel like maybe everybody feels like this, but I feel like it's it's extremely disappointing to me. Like I've like people in my life that I maybe even have never met 
I, re I really remember those interactions where if someone seems disappointed or if it's like there's a breakdown where I never, where we never get to play, I feel mm. like, yeah, I feel like those really stick with me, you know? They're not really, they're not, I mean, they're, I don't know how else to say this, except that they're, they're not valuable relationships. It's, they're just, a yeah, they're transactional. They're transactional. Yeah. Exactly. And it's funny to me that, it just means so much to me. Also, it, by the same token, I'm very, very attracted to people that don't like me right away. Like if I get a little hint that somebody doesn't like me or thinks I'm annoying or something, I mean, they are, they just shoot to the top of the list. They are on my top priority. Oh, you got to win them over. I know. And it's so, and I notice myself doing it sometimes. I'm like, why do you spend all this energy? Like that person, maybe that person's just total grouch or... Yeah. Well, okay. So artists and entertainers, I mean, so much of their life depends on whether people like them and, uh -huh. and, you know, it's not like, you know, you graduate from entertainer school and then you're like, you get a job as an entertainer and then like, you know, you get, you know, you get your 401k, you know, that's not like, that's not how we're set up here. We don't pay entertainers and artists like that you have to sell yourself all the time so it kind of makes sense to me right. <laughs> that um you know those relationships bear a huge bearing on just your livelihood and then uh, you know real like close relationships that deteriorate that means a lot to me too like it does with anybody but I think first yeah you know I, what I really ever want to get to is a place where we can be friendly again you know what I mean like that's that's to me the goal it doesn't have to be I don't need I don't need repair as much as I really want to get to a point where we can be kind of just on level footing like mm. like a stranger or the people I want to you know the people I want to play with I guess you know <laughs> that's, that's what I want from relationships mm -hmm. that have that have gone sour or, or whatever. I can't remember exactly what your question is. Yeah, no, uh, good morsels of information, all of the ways that you're um, talking about repairing relationships through, and just like, you know, you're like our desire, it's like kind of the innate desire, I think, to be human with one another and like really kind of like get to be seen and, and see each other. And even if you have friction in a relationship, like it'd be nice to just, know that that person and there's a way that we can we can get robotic I know that I've done this before of like you know like I just have to like you know maybe make eye contact maybe not just like move through you know there might be another person who I've had a rough relationship with or something or an encounter with that's hard and you just move like more robotically around them or you know engage less uh human like you know and like and that's um, to some of us, it hurts <laughs> a lot. So, um, yeah, well, it definitely takes up a lot of energy. What I'd like to get back to is almost like how I feel about a crowd or an audience, you know, that it's a fresh start or an opportunity to like be new or fresh or something, something mm -hmm. to relate for that energy, not to pull so much for it to be. Yeah. More oh, that's a good 
yeah so that not all it's not drawing so much of the the vibe <laughs> or something you, right. you can you know balance it out a bit oh that makes sense yeah totally well this is so fun <laughs> you, you thank you great insight i knew you'd have great insights so cool thank you um okay i'm gonna say something you know like between two ferns did you ever see that zach galifianakis of course i love that or the exorcist i mean however you want to relate to this all work and no play relate to it like that yeah okay okay (laughs) all work and no play it's a very bad idea i mean that's very bad that's not gonna probably work Mm -hmm. i don't know you sound like a seven-year-old kid I know who would say and it's probably not going to work no I don't think so no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing that for sure I'm 100% not going to do that I choose no no. <laughs> no has play ever felt hard to you I mean sometimes it feels hard you know I have creative block sometimes mm-hmm. and uh you know my kind of most common way to play is musically and I love um, I love working with students, kids and grown-ups, because it stays, because it's not difficult, because I don't run into any, I don't usually run into any problems. I'm I'm in a position where I can teach something, so it's like I, I already have whatever it is, mm. you know, I'm trying to teach or or maybe it's something I'm trying to get better at too or whatever, but it's like, it's low stakes. But mm-hmm. I also I also am trying to get better at what I do all the time. And mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like I am making improvements. And sometimes I feel like I don't even know how to play. I don't even know how to play the guitar. I've been mm-hmm. trying my whole life and I'm still, and it's still a mystery to me. You know what I mean? Sometimes it really does feel like that. Um, but you know how to play guitar. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can, I can pick up a guitar and play it, but it, but it's an endless, you know, it's an endless, uh, it's an endless pursuit. There's no yeah. way that I'll ever master any yeah. of these, any of these, you know, things that I'm that I'm trying to do. So, I don't think. Like, what? Well, I don't think any musician ever feels like they have mastered all of the. Wait, and I think about Dolly Parton, you know, she just came out with her first uh-huh. rock album. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know. I think that's part of the attraction of music. I think that people, I think that people want to play music because the curiosity is, again, just endless. You know, you can really, you can really do this for the rest of your life. You mm-hmm. know? And there's always going to be new frontiers and there's always going to be, but that, that has its dark side too. You know, it can be frustrating too. To feel like you're not making improvements or to feel like to feel like it's not accessible to to you in some way i mean i know i mean we're talking about play right like i play music and i play songs or whatever but uh it's hard to be it's hard to be well it's hard to be creative you know it's hard to improvise the challenge is getting into zones where you've not been before right and so right and, and so the, there's kind of that fear of the unknown and there's fear of failure and there's fear, you know, you run into fear sometimes when you're 
trying to move into trying to move into new zones. Yeah, but it's half, it's half of the fun, right? It's like yeah, yeah. I keep coming back because you make a little progress and you get that that feedback in your you know even personally even just like I did it you know or or the or the impulse to keep to trying to keep chipping away at something you know it's just it's inspiring I mean which you know music is that way to me but I feel like play that's part of it too was uh we play so we can find you know these compelling moments Mm-hmm. Where 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 we're on the where we're on the verge of something unknown or where something unexpected happens or you know you know what they say that that if you do something you love you never work a day in your life yeah which really really rings true for me I've heard this other thing where they say if you make what you love your job then you never stop working which is kind of the they're like two sides of the same coin right but but to me it. To me, it's more the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I don't mind if I'm working all the time because I'm playing, you know? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, again, it goes back to mindset. What's work and what's play. Some people right. love work. Right. Some people love work. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there is so much, there's satisfaction in work. And like, you know, in the Montessori, in the Montessori tradition, the children are taught that their play is work. Because they, because that's how they that's how they're learning right and they call all those pre, all those little their materials or whatever they they have their work right and they they do their work and that and and that uh, you know I think that's a kind of way that that Montessori trains kids to like enjoy their work and to teach them that they're productive and that what they're doing is like yeah it's helpful it's you know they're they're contributing yeah and so it's a important mindset yeah I mean it makes me think that the the idea behind play is like you know mental uh stretching or you know like getting to learn it's almost like learning you know like working is to me less about learning you know if I'm working I'm just getting it done you know I'm just doing the thing that has to be done kind of thing to me that's what work is and um, play is, um, you know, something that's kind of enticing. I get, to, I mean, this is play right here, you know, because like I get to like stretch my mind and I get to learn about you and I get to learn about um, what your perspective is. And then I get to learn about how to edit this hour long conversation down to 30 minutes. <laughs> hi, Debbie. We've got the cat on screen. Oh, hi, Debbie. Oh. And now Chibi is also curious. Chibi. Just because I love him, I'll, I'll show you Chibi too. Uh-huh. I want to see Chibi. He's the, he's the man around here. Oh my gosh. Last week I had a bird and a dog on screen. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay, Celia. Um, is there something that you like to play when you're waiting in a long line at the DMV or the airport? I mean, presumably you can't have your guitar with you or you can't have. Right. But I can. But <laughs> you do. I really, I have a whole battery of games I play every, uh, every day at some point. Like oh, on your screen? 
Yeah. <laughs> and so I sometimes save them for if I think I'm going to be waiting at some point. Mm -hmm. I like to play Wordle. Love Wordle. Then I play, then I play Worldle. What? What is Worldle? It's a, it's a geography game. Yeah. And there's there's a few different games in Worldle. So I play those. And I play Waffle. Wait a minute. What then is I play Connections. Then I play New York Times uh, mini crosswords. Oh, yeah. I love those. And I love Connections. Yeah. I just well, Worldle's really cool. I uh, When I started playing, I didn't. I love geography, but Worldle, you identify countries by their shape. Oh. So when, I, when I first started playing, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't very good at it, but I thought, well, I'm just going to play this game until I begin to recognize the countries of the world by shape. And then, and then, and you rec and then you, you guess the country or whatever. And then, <laughs> um, and then it like, and then it says, then guess these border countries. So you learn, you learn hmm. where they are in the world and you learn who borders. Anyway, I've been playing for long enough that I feel it's very satisfying. Interesting. You know. Wow. Okay. That's a new game I haven't heard yet at all. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm probably going to jump uh, when I get out here. I'm going to be playing. I'll be playing Worldle. Worldle. You know what's funny? Um, my sister um, had a birthday yesterday, and I sent her a Logics puzzle book called Myrtle. <laughs> I feel like it's in the same category. Celia. What's Myrtle? It's Logics puzzles about like who done it, you know? Oh, oh yeah logic puzzles i like those those are fun there's two games i play a lot or three i, I looked after this kid over the years we've been together a lot a lot and we've traveled together and um we have a few games we really love and i i love them because they're great for adults and they're great for kids have, have you ever played mastermind oh yeah mastermind's great and we play set have you ever played set oh no i don't know how to play Set's a really amazing game. Have you ever played Spot It? Oh yeah, love Spot It. Okay, so Set is a little bit like Spot It in that it's a visual and kind of mathematical matching game. <laughs> mathematical in the sense, you know, like it's like Spot It is mathematical because every single card has a match with another card. Yeah, I know. Right? I just wonder so, how. So the path of it is like, to me, it's just mind-boggling. It really adds adept to it i love i love that game but then set and i'm, I'm gonna keep this short i know that we're trying to finish up but you take there's 12 oh, cards yeah. and they each have four attributes shape a color a number and um a texture mm -hmm. and in and in a set of three cards they have to be all the same or all different right so that's you know, you got to work on a few things at once. And so it's, I love it. I find it extremely stimulating. And, um, you, and, and it's, cr it's crazy to me that kids of all ages really seem to be able to learn how to play it. I mean, maybe five-year-olds and up. Well, I wrote that down. Yeah. Can you play it with one or, I mean, one other person? Just two? Oh yeah. That, that's, that's part of the, I mean, it's, it's a small, it's a small game. It doesn't take a bunch of room. It's a card game. Mm -hmm. You don't have to take turns. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's a race and uh, yeah, you can play with one person or you can play with eight people and you can play with, it's another fun thing about it. It's fun to play in a group or like a, at a gathering because somebody can just sort of look over and 
you know, and locate a set or kind of jump in and jump out. Right. It's like a group participation kind of game. Well, kind of. I mean, you could get really serious about it and try to win or whatever, but it's also, you know, it's it's, it's more of a lear- it's more of a learning game than a winning yeah. game. Yeah, know? I love those. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have a game for you. Okay, you love. It. Do you know Vinyl Countdown? No. Oh my gosh! But I love the song, the Final Countdown. That's right, and this is kind of a a play on words on that one. Vinyl. Also, it's about records. It is. It's about records and it's got this whole like musical theme, record theme. It's not as musical. You don't have to know so much about music, uh-huh. but you just kind of, you know, if you're a child of the eighties, like, like I am, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like the same, <laughs> but it's so fun. It's sort of like an Uno slash, um, it's like Uno and you can play it with a lot of different people. It's more fun when we play it like in a big, big group, but three people uh-huh. can play too. And mm-hmm. Um, so fun. Yeah. And yeah, that sounds, they play that it with sounds they're like, I'm going to get it. I, and then they buy it themselves. I'm like, okay, this must be a really fun game. <laughs> Vinyl countdown. We love it. A music lovers game. My girlfriend's family is a family of game players and they're also total music lovers. And this sounds like maybe something fun for me to bring to Christmas. Oh, there you go. Yes. And it's like $5. I don't know. You can get it for $10 under 10. So good. I'm going to put that in the podcast and get right. sponsorship and Vinyl countdown. Yeah. Right. I think it's Vinyl Countdown. It's like made in this tiny little town, I'm sure, with like almost no, you know, social media or uh, any kind of like uh, online presence or something like that. Because it's really, it's kind of hard to buy. You have to like go on eBay or something to get it. It's crazy. Or huh. out. <laughs> yeah, check it out. <laughs> okay. Well, this was so fun. So, so fun. When I asked my daughter, I said, what's something that I should ask Celia? Or what's something that you remember about uh, Celia? And she goes, well, it was just like so joyful. And, and I feel like that's, that's what I, that's what I know about you. Your, your vibe with an audience is very joyful uh, and, and just your vibe today and just how generous. Thank you so much for giving your, your time. And I know you got to get off and I feel like I've taken too much time, but it's been such a treat. Thank you. Thank you so much. You just make you the world a better place. Thank you. Hey there, it's Emily. What a joy to hear how Celia Shack Attack got to be so playful with music, with clowning, with entertaining everywhere. She's in her busy season right now doing the Yuletide Express, which is a holiday sing-along troupe she developed and sings around the community. So it was a real treat to get to play with her. I'm sure you loved it. Now I want you to get out there and play, everybody. Let's build a world that's a little lighter, a little less harsh, and a little more connected. Let's build a world we want to have. And don't forget to follow Playfully on Spotify or wherever you're listening right now. Our episodes come out on Wednesday every week, so you can play right over that hump through the rest of the week. I'd love to know what you think, so please leave me a comment and take care, everybody.